0: We shouldn't talk about this. may contain graphic descriptions and or explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everybody, I'm Key. And I'm B. And this is we shouldn't talk about this.
1: Key, we are on week three of October.
0: Yes. I cannot believe how fast this month is moving.
1: Yeah, same. Hey, it's going by really quickly.
0: Yeah, it's like twenty twenty has been the longest year, but October's been like the shortest month.
1: Yeah, it's not fair. It's not, not fair, fair we at all. Can't have anything great.
0: No, but speaking of great things, your birthday's in a couple days. It is.
1: It is. So, my birthday will be in five days when this episode releases.
0: So, any big plans?
1: I will be going to Mount Pleasant, South Carolina with my lovely girlfriend, Alyssa, and we're going to do the old Charleston jail tour, the Haunted Jail, as it's known.
0: Ooh. Mm -hmm.
1: Pretty excited about that. See some spookiness, feel some chills, probably get scratched. If I get scratched, I'll just make my day right there.
0: Wow. You want to be scratched by a ghost.
1: I would love to get scratched by a ghost.
0: Well, alrighty then. Learn something new every day.
1: <laughs> if there are any ghost cosplayers out there, hit me up.
0: Yes, hit up V. Don't hit me up.
1: Oh, okay. Thought we are in the same page there. I guess I misread oh, the room.
0: Uh, no, we're not even in the same book on that one. Mm. I want all my ghosts to be unseen and unheard.
1: So you, you don't want friendly Caspers, you just want just ghosts that just mind their own business, stand their own part of their house.
0: Right. If you if we have to be in the same room, I don't even want to know you're there, just silently observe.
1: I think it'll be pretty fun just to have like you know a ghost, um, you know, share the same space as me, because like you know it would be very strange and unpredictable, and then you know of course. Like, you know, they say, like, the everything, the energy feels, feels different, you know, the air feels different. And so I was wondering what that would feel like.
0: Maybe you should go on, like, those uh haunted ghost tours around America where you, like, go to the Amityville house and, like, you know, one in every state.
1: Yeah, I would guess, like, the one for South that. Carolina is the Charleston Jail. I would think that's one from South Carolina, but there could be another one that's really active with activity.
0: Oh, are they gonna have like the little machiney things, like on that TV show, that tells you if there's like uh, disruptions
1: or oh, like, oh, oh, an EMF? Yeah, probably probably not. I think I think they'll just be like kind of taking this around, and saying like, you know, this solitary confinement room is where they had thirteen prisoners at one point, and they all. They all died, and some of them ate each other, you know, stuff like that. I think they'll just tell us history of it. I don't think they'll have any kind of cool technology to, like, you know, experience phenomena, stuff like that. Any kind of recorders that could pick up stuff that we don't hear.
0: Wow, so the prisoners possibly actually ate each other. That is wild.
1: Yeah, that would uh, absolutely suck. But that goes along with our October theme of people eating each other
0: cannibals
1: cannibals i i want to think of this as more of a zombie episode for our listeners but of course zombies are a thing of fiction and cannibalism is non-fiction and very scary
0: yes i mean okay i love the the show hannibal like the show that was on tv because he just made it look so elegant but yeah i would not art. want to eat People that just doesn't sound appetizing at all. It doesn't. People don't really take care of
1: themselves all that well. Animals are at least, you know, in doing what they do best and like, you know, run and eat what they're supposed to eat and just live their life.
0: I think it's more so like it's either going to be like you're too fatty and you Mm -hmm. won't taste good or you're too muscly and it's going to be too tough. Yeah like it's like there's no good in between like their, you know super fat cows are like prized because it gives the meat such a great flavor yeah yeah but you know that's beef is pretty much the only meat that I eat now so that's my only you know you don't want a fatty chicken though cuz
1: no uh uh then you know. it'll just be just grizzle everywhere and it'll just be this thing gross unless
0: you're making stock like Slimy. chicken stock Oh yeah, I guess so. Ooh, I guess you could make human stock. You then technically, make... you're not he- eating them.
1: No, more of just like having their their juices.
0: Yeah, like drinking their bath water.
1: Drinking their bath water—that's something that uh, some people on Twitch specialize in. And
0: that's absolutely disgusting as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can kick off our cannibal special
1: all right let's start it off kee would you like to go first
0: sure why not i have the tale of this is interesting because you say cannibals and the first person that you think of will probably be jeffrey dahmer so i know that You know, the listeners probably think, oh, they're going to do Jeffrey Dahmer. No, I did like (laughs) a very unknown. Well, it's like really known in Germany, but over here, very unknown, but very weird kind of tale. So I guess I'll go ahead and get into it. All right. Well, gather around, children. It's time for a tale of crime. So Armin Maives was born on December 1st, 1961, in the German town of Kassel. He was the third and youngest child of Waltrud Maives, and he led a very lonely childhood. His other two siblings were half-brothers from his father's previous relationship, so he didn't really grow up with them. His father was a stern man who was largely disinterested in his son. And when Maivez's parents' marriage broke up, his father abandoned the family, never to contact them again. And Armin was only eight years old at that point. So, lacking a father figure, he created an imaginary brother that he called Frankie. Armin vented his cannibalistic thoughts, and Frankie would, quote-unquote, listen to them, which is something that his mother never did. At the age of 12, Maivez began to fantasize about eating his friends so that they would become a part of him and stay with him forever. Which is extremely sad because it speaks to like the level of loneliness he must have been feeling.
1: Yeah, that is very sad. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know. And then in
0: 1999... Mayvez's mother died, leaving him totally alone for the first time in his life. He inherited the family's large mansion house in Amstetten, where he reportedly constructed a shrine to his mother, complete with a plastic mannequin that he would lay on a pillow each night. Also, after his mother's death, he developed an interest in internet pornography, particularly that featuring torture and pain. Now, I don't know how much of 1999 you remember. Probably not much.
1: Little to none.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Seems like you were only, what, like four? Yeah. Yeah. So, 1999, early 2000s was all about the chat rooms. I used to love chat rooms, because you could be anybody you wanted to be in chat rooms. Nobody really had to know. It was so much fun. (laughs) So, exploring these websites of his burgeoning fetish is how he found his way into his first chat rooms about cannibalism. Which I never came across, but I guess I wasn't looking, so. Who knows? In 2000, Mavis posted a message in the Cannibal Cafe chat room, saying, "Quote: I'm looking for a young, well-built man, age 18 to 30, to slaughter." Surprisingly, or maybe unsurprisingly, since it was a cannibal chat room, several men responded. Now, a man named Borg Jose or Borgios, depending on if he was German or Hispanic, he was set to become Maivez's first victim. While laid out on the table, preparing to be butchered, he complained of feeling ill and asked to be released, and Maivez let him go. Like I said, many other people responded to the advertisement but they subsequently backed out and no one was forced to do anything that they didn't want to do by my like he really wanted this to be completely voluntary
1: so the other guys were just like yeah this sounds fun and then he was like dead ass and they're like oh wait no right no no no, no i'm good
0: right like i guess they just thought that they were going to be chat room cannibals and when the going got tough and okay, gonna, things got real, they gotta, couldn't handle it.
1: You got to role-play cannibalism.
0: Right. Which is it's quite difficult. But on February 14th, 2001, a man named Vern Jürgen Brandes replied to my Vez's internet message. Now, Brandis was a 43-year-old engineer who wrote MyVest saying that he would agree to be eaten. They exchanged various lurid emails discussing the best way in which he should be eaten and his body to be used afterwards. Brandis even suggested that his skull could be used as an ashtray. Now, they finally met on March 9th, 2001, at Maivez's home in the small village of Rotenburg. There's a videotape that the two men made when they met in March 2001, but it's never been released to the public. However, the information of its contents have been made known from law enforcement, court officials, and journalists who have gotten to watch it. And it's either two or four hours long. Um, I got conflicting lymphs from different sources. But apparently the video is so disturbing that many of those who saw it sought psychological counseling afterwards. Oh my. So here's what went down on the tape. It said that Brandis swallowed about 20 sleeping pills and drank a bottle of cough syrup and then insisted... Did Myvez attempt to bite his penis off. This did not work, but Myvez was able to burst both of Brandis's testicles by biting them.
1: Ouch!
0: I was going to say, which sounds excruciatingly painful. Uh uh-huh. Ultimately, Myvez used a knife to remove Brandis's penis. After he amputated the penis they tried to eat it together Brandis tried to eat his share of his own penis rare or raw but he couldn't do it because it was too chuff and as he put it too chewy Myves then sautéed the penis in a pan with salt pepper and garlic and fried it a little but by then it was too burnt to be consumed so he chopped it up into chunks and fed it to his dog
1: what on earth did you just read to me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told you this is strange because it's so like, it's completely voluntary. Mm. So Mavis ran Brandis a bath before going to read a Star Trek book. He checked on Brandis every 15 minutes during which the time Brandis lay bleeding in the bath. He continued to drift in and out of consciousness before he finally collapsed after a long hesitation and some prayer, Maivez killed Brandis in a room that he had installed in his house for this specific purpose. He killed Brandis by stabbing him in the throat, after which he hung the body on a meat hook. He dismembered the body, storing parts in his deep freezer, and his first meal was a piece of rump steak, a piece from his back, and Maivez described it as a special occasion. He laid out candles, he used his good dinnerware and had wine, and he ate it with potatoes and sprouts, and he said that human flesh tastes like pork, but stronger.
1: Wait, you told me he brought out the fine china for this?
0: Oh, he brought out the fine china, the good wine, the potatoes, the sprouts, the candles, the tablecloth, everything.
1: Yeah, was he was he playing some R&B too? Dang.
0: He was he was setting the mood. Now, over the next 10 months, he consumed up to 20 kilograms, which is 44 pounds of brandis's flesh. Mavis was arrested in December 2002 when a college student alerted Authorities to new postings looking for victims online and detailing the killing on the internet. Investigators searched Mavez's home and found body parts and the infamous videotape of the killing. Now, on January 30th, 2004, Mavez was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. The case attracted considerable media attention and led to a debate over whether Maves should be convicted at all, given that Bert-Jurgen Brandis had voluntarily and knowingly participated in the act. And there were also complications, as cannibalism itself was not illegal in Germany at the time. Switch is weird. What, that? What? You had to... A- yeah, the illegalized capitalism, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you have to tell people it is against the law to eat other people. So, in April 2005, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed Maivez's sentence, arguing that he should have been convicted of murder because he killed for sexual gratification, a motive proved by having videotaped his crime. So, obviously, this two- to four-hour tape showed a lot that they would not discuss. The court ruled that the original trial had ignored the significance of the videotape in disproving the argument that Maves only killed because he had been asked to. At this retrial, a psychologist stated that Myves could reoffend, as he, quote unquote, still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. But Myves stated that he, quote unquote, had my big kick, and I don't need to do it again. After killing Brandis, he said his victim, quote unquote, came to me of his own free will to end his life, and for him, it was a nice death. On May 10th, 2006, a court in Frankfurt convicted my vets of murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. Now, I personally think that's maybe kind of hard. Because he, he's right. Like, the guy knew what he was getting into. He was a willing participant. I mean, he did kill him, so I guess. But yeah, I don't and- know.
1: And and there will be like physical wouldn't there be physical records of the chat rooms like saying that you know you know I'm down, like let's meet,
0: right? And then the all the emails that they sent back and forth, but yeah. I, mean, I guess I don't know. I guess it's kind of a lot, but then kind of not. But you know, he said he just wanted to do it once, but you know, who knows if you if you can murder somebody, you can lie about things, anyway.
1: You no, know, no. I wonder. I wonder if he has that fulfilling. Um, moment that he thought he would as a child to have a friend, like, you know, in him, or whatever he said?
0: Well, there is a little more. Maivez admitted, has admitted to what he's done, and expressed regret for his actions. He added that he wanted to write a book of his life story with the aim of deterring anyone who wants to follow his steps. Websites dedicated to Myvez have appeared with people advertising for willing victims, no way yes now, according to a report by Bill Zeitung from October two thousand seven, myve was reportedly helpful in the analysis of two suspected cannibal murders from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand, in which two young boys were found horribly mutilated possibly by the same murderer, fulfilling much of the same role as the fictional cannibal murderer Hannibal Lecter. Now, also, while he was in prison, he worked at the prison library and he joined a prisoners group, which stands for Green Party Politics. He also became a vegetarian while he was in prison.
1: Oh, that's the twist I didn't see coming.
0: <laughs> but that's not the end, though. Maivest has rejected substantial offers from film companies and publishers to bring his story to the big screen and has instead assigned the global rights of, of his story to Stamp Hamburg's-based company Stamp Work for no charge on the condition that it gives an accurate account of the case. He currently, as of May 2020, gets supervised day trips away from prison. He is given sunglasses and a cap to hide his identity. And being accompanied by two officers, he's driven to another state in Germany for security reasons to walk around town.
1: Sounds like he has a really nice deal going on there.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of... um prisons outside of America give prisoners like day release which to me is wild because like couldn't they just escape?
1: I guess those for those model prisoners you know you hear about
0: but he has a life sentence like he, he has no it's not like he's going to get out on parole in a couple days like
1: and, and, and Key, Key I'm be, I'm be real with you like I don't agree with this guy's actions at all but he seems like a nice guy you know, like, 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 like he actually, he actually, was regretful for killing a man in retrospect. But right. it, he's
0: not trying to make money off of it.
1: No, like, like he seems like a really nice guy. Right. Uh, I he mean, seemed, like,
0: he seemed uh, like it was just something that maybe was, he could have gotten counseling for when he was younger that it wouldn't have gotten to this point.
1: Yeah, because like ever since he was a kid, he wants to eat a friend till he has that friend forever.
0: Right. So it seems like it was just like a lot of mental things that were just unresolved that led him to do this because it's like he, he, like he said, he felt like he did it and now he didn't need to do it anymore. Like he just kind of wanted to see how it would be.
1: The one and done, if, if I've ever seen it.
0: Yeah, because I truly don't believe that if they let him out of jail now that he would go hunting for people because it's like he wanted volunteers. He didn't just hunt these people down in the middle of the night and and kill them.
1: Exactly. He could have went he about it a whole other way. He wouldn't do it right. the legit way. He want to get consent, make sure the meat tastes better that way.
0: And if you were uncomfortable in any way and wanted to back out, he would just let you go. So it's not like he was doing this with malicious intent, I guess, is is my thing. Like I guess don't I don't think he was really malicious with it.
1: This is top notch cannibalism if I've ever seen it.
0: Yeah. But I felt like this right here was so crazy. And then for him to turn around and become a vegetarian.
1: (laughs) That's the twist no one the twist
0: no one saw coming. Right. Like he's like, "Mm." Well, I guess he's eating everything that you could eat. Why why not become a vegetarian? There's no more meat left.
1: Oh, that, that's, a, that's a mean flex right there.
0: Yeah. But that's my story.
1: Wow. Thanks, Key. That was great. Now, um, what's really funny is I, I became a little unnerved when you started speaking about your case because you said... It was in known in Germany and my case is also from Germany. So I was like I was like I thought I thought we went over this. I thought I since you my guy's name and you got a German dude and it sounds like my guy at first, but then it wasn't because you said nineteen nineteen something.
0: 99. My case.
1: Nineteen ninety nine. My case starts in sixteenth century.
0: What's up with Germans in and cannibalism?
1: Hey, it must be must be something they're bred with. I guess. So Today I'm going to tell you about the werewolf of Bedburg, Peter Stump. Peter Stump was born in the village of Epre, inside of Bedburg, West Germany. No official birth year is given. It would have been roughly around 1545 to 1550 though. Though his name has some variation on the spelling, a running theme found in the English, old English documents all have variations of "Stump," the German word for "stump." and is generally thought to refer to his missing left hand. You may have thought this would be a severe disability and it would hinder him from making a living, but he actually was pretty good at being a farmer and he made pretty good money inside his his little village too. As a widower, he was well known and fairly wealthy within Bedburg. He took a mistress and had two children, His first child, a son, whose name is not mentioned, and his second, Sybil, was his daughter.
0: I mean, is she really a mistress if his wife is dead?
1: I don't think so. It's just like, you know, moving on, I guess.
0: Maybe that's just what they called you in the 1500s. It must
1: have been, but but I'm pretty sure both of these children are from that first marriage before his wife passed. So since the age of 12, Peter was interested in the dark arts and practiced black magic, necromancy, and sorcery. Through this path, Peter would later make a pact with and sell his soul to the devil at the age of 20. The devil gave him a special belt in return for his eternal servitude. So you see right now, it's already getting pretty, pretty dark and twisted. This is... This This case is very familiar to a Salem witch trial style of case. Like, you know, because these are all from the records of the old English, um, like literature and like, you know, their accounts on the events. And of course, you know, it has a very mythological, um, turn of events that precedes what I'm going to say next. The devil promised to give him whatever his heart desired during his lifetime. Peter did not want wealth or to be famous. His dark heart and evil mind only wanted to endure pain and suffering on men, women, and children in the shape of some beast so that he would not be found out and taken to trial for his bloody crimes. During the next 25 years, Peter held a grim gauntlet of fear over the village of Bedford. By day, mingling with the village folk, living pleasantly among them. As a smooth talker, he would use the guise of sociability to lure women out to the fields alone, or wait them to leave the village by themselves. And sensing his opportunity, would then proceed to rape and murder them, plucking out their throats and tearing their joints asunder. That was a quote from the old English book. A lot of those quotes are gonna sound like that. They're gonna be very old Englishy, so you'll know when you'll know when they, have know when they happen. Words. Mm-hmm. When he was unable to coax or follow a young lady by herself, he would tear into groups of young girls in his wolf-like shape, separate off the one he had taken a liking to, and kill her promptly. When the deed was done, he would then remove the belt, resume his shape of a man, and slip back into society. With no one the wiser, and even greeted his recent victim's families with a smile. Within a few years, he had murdered 13 young girls and two pregnant women eating their unborn children.
0: Oh my lord!
1: When times were less fruitful and Peter was unable to find women or children to kill, he turned instead to local cattle, reportedly killing lambs and various farm life, eating them raw in the fields. During his murderous activities, he maintained a work and home life taking care of his family. He took care of his family so well, in fact, that his beautiful daughter gave birth to a child born out of an incestuous relationship that Peter committed to.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: You know what they say, though? When you do incest, you, you may as well go all in. So he I've also never carried...
0: heard anybody say that. Ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he also carried on an incestuous relationship with his sister at the same time. During this period he also had another relationship with his mistress named Katherine Thrompen. So this one wasn't a mistress. This one was someone totally different from that woman that he was just with. Other children were born.
0: Wow. He has a lot going on. He's spinning a lot of plates at once.
1: He is. And he just thinks he's just so invincible right now. It's it's pretty 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 humorous. So this Catherine lady, he met her one night while out drinking and seduced her with his quote-unquote fair and flattering speech. Catherine was a well-known and well-liked woman in Bedburg. She was tall and slender, and her beauty was described as, quote, so fair of face and comely of personage that she resembled rather some heavenly halfling than any mortal creature. So far, her beauty exceeded the choicest sort of women, unquote. Wow. That's a way to put it right there. Right. If, if I slip that in a girl's locker, she'll definitely fall in love with me. Okay. Naturally, one does not acquire such looks without some sort of trickery, and the document later suspect that she was in fact a, a quote, wickeded spirit in the similitude and likeness of a woman, unquote, sent to him by the devil, to keep an eye on him, to make sure that... she
0: was so pretty,
1: she had to be fake. She had to be fake. Wow. She cannot be a real person. As time passed, however, Peter's lust for blood grew insatiable, and he became transfixed on the act of killing. He stopped selecting victims for their characteristics which stood out to him or attracted him and started killing for the simple pleasure he took from it. This grew to the point where, despite being a kind father to his son, who he deeply loved, he later attacked him whilst in his wolf form. The whole grisly affair was reported as such, Quote, So far, his delight in murder exceeded the joy he took in his son, that thirsting after his blood, on a time he enticed them into the fields, and from thence into a forest hard by where, making excuse to stay about the necessaries of nature while the young man went forward in content in the shape and likeness of a wolf he encountered his own son and there most cruelly slew him, which done he presently ate the brains out of his head as the most savory and dainty delicious meal to staunch his greedy appetite,
0: his son man he just don't give a damn
1: he just don't give a damn he ate his brains like a true zombie would one day he came across a group of three people in the forest clearing he knew two of them it was two young men from badberg who were accompanying a young woman crouching by a bush he called the name of one of the men and when he walked over to see who was calling him, Peter quietly killed him outright. When a second came to look for his friend, he promptly dispatched of him as well, and then chased the, young, the lone woman down, raped, and murdered her. The bodies of the men were found in the woods by patrol in later days, though the woman was never found and was presumed to have been eaten.
0: Come on, you couldn't eat a whole person.
1: Yeah, I don't... Not even even in wolf form, I don't think that could happen. Like, bones and all. Key. his terror went on for 25 years.
0: Sweet gracious, 25 years?
1: 25 years.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: During these 25 years, Peter's deeds were not going unnoticed in... While none suspected him of any wrongdoing, it became harder and harder for him to kill whenever he pleased, as most locals had begun to travel armed or with bodyguards, all afraid of the monster that lies in the forest, and that by this point had become legend. Around this time, as security tightened and fear gripped the villagers to walk alone, Peter suffered his only documented close call, when upon storming into a group of unaware children... He grabbed one young girl, and as he tried to sink his teeth into her throat, he could not due to the virtue of her high and stiff collar. She let out a scream that startled a nearby cattle, who stampeded towards Peter, forcing him to drop the child and run for his life. This young girl is the only documented survivor of an attack by Peter. Now, I honestly think that he just straight up just missed. Like like he tried to bite her neck, but he just straight up missed.
0: I think the whole little scenario right there is... Okay, if you scream and startle a cow, it's not going to run toward the scream. It's going to run away from the scream.
1: That's true. Unless, Unless that cow was influenced by the devil who was telling Peter, your time... To repay me is coming soon.
0: Oh, so it could have been that very pretty woman who was now in cow form.
1: In cow form, yes. Oh, she okay. probably, she probably had a belt, too, as you, right. as you see. In a desperate attempt to alleviate the village of Bedburg from fear, a small force of men was enlisted to hunt the wolf using dogs, who rather quickly entrapped the beast in the forest. Seeing there was no advantage for him in his predicament, Peter slipped out of his belt, transforming to his human form in front of their eyes. The men, all amazed at what they had witnessed, but knowing Peter well, escorted him to his house and called out for the local magistrate to arrest him. He was put to the rack, a device that bound the ankles and wrists on each corner of a frame and then... Through turning a crank, the whole body slowly pulled and stretched, inducing excruciating pain, often used in interrogation. In Peter's fear, he quickly confessed his entire life story, from his encounter with the devil, his taking ownership of the belt, and its magical properties, to the long list of victims that he had murdered during his reign of terror. I bet they cranked it like two inches and he screamed and he just started telling them everything. He sounded like a kind of punk that would do that.
0: Right. Like, but those medieval torture devices, they were very crazy.
1: The next one I'm going to tell you about is going to be real crazy.
0: Ooh, I can't wait.
1: In the telling of his story, he admitted to casting the belt aside before his apprehension. However, when men were sent to look for it, nothing could be found. This was supposed, quote, that it was gone to the devil from whence it came, so that it was not to be found, for the devil, having brought the wrench to all the shame he could, left him to endure the torments which his deeds deserved, Unquote. On October 28, 1589, Peter Stump faced trial for the murders of countless men, women, children, and cattle, and in around Bedburg. He was found guilty almost immediately. On Halloween, in Bedburg Square, in the presence of many peers and princes of Germany, Peter Stomp was placed on a device known as a braking wheel. This large cartwheel was where people were tied and bound. With red-hot pincers, his skin was torn from his bones. His arms and legs were then broken with wooden hatchets. Mercifully, he was at last killed outright through beheading, and finally his body was burnt.
0: Whoa, that's
1: extreme. That's how they do it back in the medieval times. So, deemed as an accessory to murder, his own daughter and mistress were also found guilty, and instead of being put on that device, their method of execution was to be thrown on top of Peter's burning body.
0: They didn't even have nothing to do with it, though.
1: Yeah, like I like. There's no way that his own daughter knew that he was a wolf man, a werewolf. They
0: were just guilty by association. Good gracious!
1: It's like because you had sex with them, you died too.
0: Wowzers! Like they were, it was pretty rough back in the uh, Middle Ages.
1: It was not an easy time to live with. It was not an easy time to live in.
0: Not at all.
1: In celebration for the downfall of his reign of terror over the village, a shrine was erected using the breaking wheel as a centerpiece upon which an engraving of a wolf was placed on the top of the pole along with Peter's head. The whole thing was encircled with 16 pieces of wood a foot in length symbolizing the victims of Peter whose names were known. The document of the life of Peter Stomp is finished with a telling passage. Quote, This, gentle reader have I set down the true discourse of this wicked man, Stub Peter, which I desire to be a warning to all sorcerers and witches, which unlawfully follow their own devilish imagination to the utter ruin and destruction of their souls eternally. From which wicked and damnable practices I beseech God keep all good men and from the cruelty of their wicked hearts. Amen. Unquote. That is the tale of Peter Stump.
0: That was crazy. 25 was. years? That was crazy.
1: Man, it was insane.
0: So, I am actually ready to bring it up for this episode, because Dexter is coming back.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I Dexter's coming so back.
0: so excited. Oh my gosh.
1: When When is it going to start?
0: I don't know. But probably sometime next year. It's only getting like 10 episodes. They're not going to undo anything that's already happened. Which, I feel like I'm like the only person in the world that was actually kind of okay with the way it ended, because... As you know, I watch it every year. I rewatch from episode one to the very last episode. Right now, I'm on like season eight, episode three.
1: Yeah, when I was at so, your house, I saw it on.
0: Yeah, so it's like I watch it every single year. I rewatch the whole series. And like they did a lot of foreshadowing. He said multiple times, I'm a monster. I'll never get a happy ending. Oh, my life is, I'm always going to be lonely. Like he, constantly said he was going to end up alone and that he was not going to have a happy ending he constantly said it like every single season so it's like he kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen to him in the end if he didn't die he was going to end up alone but they said they're going to pick up eight years later since it's been eight years and so nobody this died is going to come back and you know it's not going to be any of that you feel all right about because it's like I feel like instead of them trying to erase what they did that just continuing the story is much better
1: yeah I can see I can get that I can get behind that and
0: my thing was like okay they should continue it but Dexter should now be his son like Harrison should be the serial killer like you know he's realizing he's a psychopath, and then Dexter is his version of Harry, who's like his conscience. Like I, I had like all types of thoughts on how they could redo this and bring it back. But I'm so excited! I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, that would be a really cool play on that if they use his son.
0: Right, because at this point his son would be like about 16, and that's kind of about when Dexter's father start training him. So, it could work. It could definitely work. But, we shall see. We get 10 episodes, and I'm excited.
1: The 10 episodes are going to be great. I, um, from Friends, have uh, been told to watch it repeatedly. I never got around to it. I know it's a good show, I just haven't gotten around to watching it.
0: It is, like, it's. it kind of takes a dip towards, like, the last few seasons. But it's, like, it's two storylines that just kind of don't really make sense. But all in all, like, as a whole, I was okay with it. And, like, I think that they, you know, they had books called Darkly Dreaming Dexter that they kind of had to follow at a point. So it's like, you know, it's not like they were just creating this out of thin air. They were following the the book series.
1: So, so they had they had to keep everything canon that was already in place.
0: To an extent, like some stuff they did like veer off of, like on uh The Walking Dead where they like went against the the books or the comics. And, like, mm-hmm. we're was killing people who didn't die in the comics or vice versa. But they had, get,
1: they had to get that drama in there.
0: Yeah. But I am super excited. I'm so ready. This cannot come out fast enough. I hope it gets picked up for another season. It's, it's the highlight of my 2020 at this point.
1: Hashtag is what the people want.
0: It is what the people want.
1: Oh, that is great. I'm so so happy that you're happy.
0: Thank you. I'm happy that you're happy that I'm happy.
1: Let's will be happy together. I'm sure the listener's happy that you're happy that I'm happy that you're happy too.
0: Yes, and also, I finally got my Doritos today that I talked about like four episodes ago.
1: Wow, look at that.
0: It took me this long to finally get some Doritos, but I got them.
1: But you got them. A lot of times if I want something like that, when I do, when I do get around to getting it, I'm like, oh, I don't want these all that much anymore. Or just, like, like, like two chips in, I'm like, okay, I'm done.
0: No, I'm going to go make a sandwich and eat my Doritos and maybe watch two more episodes of Dexter. So, with that being said, did you have anything happy feeling in your life the way that I do?
1: Um, I I try to stay happy every day, you know. Uh every every day is a great day. When the sun's shining and you got a job and you got people that care about you and stuff, everything's everything's great. I just gotta I gotta have a good balance between all these dark and disturbing cases and you know, being a normal human being.
0: That is true. That 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 was very profound V. I love that.
1: No problem, don't mention it. Thank all the people in my life that make make it great. And thank all the listeners that listen to me.
0: Yes, listeners, thank you. Thanks to everybody in the Facebook group who laugh and joke around with me on the memes. I love you guys. Shout out to all of you. Also to our Instagram people which is mostly other podcasts, but hey, we love you guys too. And Twitter, of course, WSTAT underscore pod for the Twitter and the Instagram. And we shouldn't talk about this podcast Is the title of the Facebook group.
1: Follow us on socials. Come join our page. Come talk with us. Have a great time.
0: Or if you watch that movie Social Dilemma and you don't want to follow us on social, I completely understand. (laughs) Because that movie was really something.
1: I have not seen that movie.
0: You should watch it because it is mind... Not mind-blowing, but it's eye-opening. Like, the people who are like the ones who create these social media websites or they used to, like they used to work for like Facebook and Twitter and Google. Like it's the people who work behind the scenes of all these things talking about how much they do not like how the apps are controlling people's lives.
1: Wow. You know, I I actually thought that um, they loved that. I I thought they would want that to be the case, but it's good to know that that's not what they intended
0: Oh, no, no. They they feel like it is very detrimental to society how much stock people put into apps. Like, you know, your life has to be perfect because everybody on Instagram's life is perfect. And if you don't get enough likes, you're not good enough. Like, they they were like, they did not intend for it to go that way. They don't like that it went that way. And most of them said they don't even let their kids have social media at all. Like, that's how detrimental they think it is. Like, there, it shows, like, how they kind of bait you back in. Like, if you're not on your phone doing anything, it's like the system will send you a notification about something random just to get you to pick up your phone and, and get back engaged.
1: I can see that. I could definitely see
0: that. Yeah, it's like it goes into, like, a lot of, like, behind behind the scenes but kind of like the methods to their madness and it's it's really a good watch it's only like an hour and a half maybe and it it was really eye-opening
1: wow key thanks for giving our listeners a um a second guess when they were going to click that join page or click that follow button on our socials awesome job there
0: no problem no, but really follow us. Engage with us. We love you. We also have a YouTube.
1: YouTube uploads every Tuesday at 8 a.m.
0: Right. Don't make us have to eat people because we're lonely and we need someone to stay with us. Just join us. Be our friends.
1: And don't make me try to get a bell to turn to a werewolf so that I can do stuff without punishment for 25 years.
0: Yeah. Don't Don't send us down these roads.
1: we really rather not we really wouldn't
0: well with that being said i'm key and i'm v and this has been we shouldn't talk about this
1: bye
0: bye